Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Spirit Room Podcast. I'm Melissa White. I'm your host. Today, I really just wanted to make this a solo episode. I'm not interviewing anyone. Um, This is kind of a personal episode, and I struggled with whether I should share it. But I do think that it's important. And so um, I recognize some of you might be listening because you're really wanting to learn and develop and grow in your spirituality, in your intuitive development. Some of you are, you know, budding mediums or already working mediums. Some of you are students. Some of you are just interested, intrigued in the metaphysical. Some of you might be seeking healing. I think there's a variety of reasons why you guys are listening to this podcast. Uh, I appreciate all of you. Um, And I guess what I would say is that this episode is more about real life. This is to do with human experience. And I feel it's an important part to share with you guys just because the spiritual path isn't actually easy. You know, I think some people have this notion that it's pure positivity and light and that it's, you know, sunshine and rainbows all the time and that you're just meant to be, if you're spiritual, you're meant to be positive 100% of the time. And I don't believe that's true at all. I think that when you embark on a spiritual path, you're discovering and you're going through the ups and downs of this physical life but you're looking at it through a spiritual lens and you're able to fall back on and count on your spiritual counterparts, your guides, your angels, your loved ones in spirit. You're able to count on them to help you through and to bring guidance and to bring comfort when you do experience the challenges of everyday life. So this is a bit of a story. I'm going to share it with you guys. Um, so just, I guess, sit back and relax, um, and we'll, we'll go from there. So I want to start off by saying, I don't want to villainize the person in this story. Um, this is not an attempt to have people go against her or to have people think that she's a terrible, horrific person. My belief that the person that's involved in this story is um, deeply wounded, I would say, deeply troubled, disturbed, um, potentially mentally ill. Um, There could be, my feeling is there's some, probably some addictive um, tendencies there as well. So I, I, I don't want to share this and have someone villainize her. Okay. Um. That having said that, I do think that people do need to be responsible for themselves and they're accountable for their actions, but that's not for us to judge, okay? So starts off like this. Uh, we moved into a cute little house uh, last December 23rd, so right before Christmas. Um, we'd been looking for the perfect place, you know, somewhere that would be um, lovely and safe and comfortable for Uh, Myself, my partner, and uh, the two kids. I have a son who's in high school and a daughter who's in elementary school. So um, we found the place. It all fell into line perfectly. 
it was a little rancher, which I have always, always loved ranchers. Um, just have a thing about them. And from the outside, kind of look like a little cottage almost. Not very big, but suited our needs. And it was a good location, close to the schools and everything like that. So when we moved in, there was um, a neighbor who, you know, lived close to us. And when I had gone outside and I, I saw her, I smiled and said hello and was going to introduce myself. And she just gave me the dirtiest look and scowled at me. And I just thought, okay, weird, but I just carried on. Um, the next couple days, um, my partner, Matt, said to me, oh, uh, the neighbor came over when I was outside and said that she is watching us and she does not want our dog to uh, – go to the bathroom on her lawn. And I was like, okay, what did you say? And he said, oh, I told her that he doesn't, he, he will only go in our backyard. And it's true. He's afraid to go anywhere else. Like if we take him for a walk, he doesn't go unless he like, he waits until he gets home and he goes in the backyard. Okay. So we knew it wasn't likely him that was doing it, but it's a, it's a neighborhood with lots of dogs on the street, lots of people walking. And so it's possible that any kind of random dog could be walking by and going to the bathroom on her lawn. So we just kind of left it while later we came home and we found a bag of, um, dog excrement on our front step. And so I thought, wow, like that's very aggressive, but okay. Didn't make a big deal about it. Just kept going on with our life. Um, having said all this, the, the backstory with our dog is that we rescued him from the SPCA. He's a lab. Um, and we knew that he had been, you know, returned turned back to the SPCA five times within the first eight months of his life. So he'd been through the ringer. He'd been through a lot. He has a ton of anxiety, um, a lot of behavioral issues that we've been working with him, you know, and we've been trying to um, help him with. Uh, but one of his newest things was uh, he started breaking free. Like he would start to run away um, anytime we had him in the car. So we take him, to, you know, if I was dropping off Matt at work or taking the kids somewhere, I always bring him with us, always bring Cooper in the car with us. That way I'm alleviating the amount of time he has to be at home by himself because he really gets super, super anxious, super disturbed. He gets really, really, um, it, it, it's hard on him to be left alone. So I try to limit it as much as possible. Also, I have um, a dog sitter for him. So anytime that Matt and I are working, you know, in the evening and if the kids aren't home, um, he was going to his babysitter's house, you know. So he, we were really trying to work with him and, and really help him. So anyways, he started doing this thing where I would get home. He would only really do it with me because he, the only person he really listens to is Matt. But anyways, he would, we would get home and I would open up the back to let him out. And usually he would just follow me right up to the front door. It's not very far. It's like a matter of feet. 
And anyways, he started doing this thing where he would jump out the back and then just take off running. And I mean, he is a fast runner, like very fast. So he'd be down the street, like going into people's yards, checking out, barking at the dogs, wants to play. Basically just like a curious George. And so um, it happened a few times. And this one time in question, it was now it's been a few weeks, but he did get out and he ran so fast. I couldn't even catch up to him. I couldn't see where he went. I had to turn around and go back into my house and get my planner because I had a client booked for a phone reading at whatever time. I think it was like within five minutes of the time I was getting home. So it was a real rush. I had to go in and grab my planner to see um, the name and the phone number because I needed to call this person um, and let them know I'm going to be a few minutes late. And as I'm doing that, these other neighbors, I guess, got a hold of him. So um, we ended up finding out, you know, like they they brought him back to me at my place. And um, that was fine. I said, thank you and, and went on about my evening. The next day, I have this pounding on my door, like so loud. So I came and I opened it up and it's this neighbor that I've been telling you guys about standing there and she's holding a baby and she's like, uh, my friend down the street said that your dog got lost, got let out yesterday and that you weren't even looking for him and they had to bring him back to you. And I said, Oh yeah, he got loose, but I was gonna, I was looking for him. I had to go inside for a minute and it's coming right back out. And she's like, well, obviously you don't know how to take care of an animal, let alone yourself. Look at how fat you are. And it was like also a lot of expletives, a lot of profanity, a lot of really crude language that she used. You can only imagine. And I was so shocked. I was so taken aback. I I just stood there. And then she said, um... So I'm just wondering if you need some help or something like, can I help you to take care of your dog? And I said, no, no, thanks. Uh, We're okay. We're working on it. Um, And I went to go close the door and she put her hand on the door, like as if to stop me from closing it. I had to push it so hard just to close it. I locked it. Meanwhile, my daughter, who's nine, is sitting like in the living room and she could overhear what was happening. This woman started banging and screaming at the top of her lungs, banging on the door so loud that I I thought she was going to break it down. So extremely, like, it it was extremely uncalled for, but it was so, the energy of it was so spiteful and so hateful, and she wouldn't stop. So I said, you're going to need to leave, otherwise I need to call the police. And she wouldn't stop. So I called the non-emergency number because uh, I didn't want to be overly dramatic. And I was worried that they would, I don't know, what would they think if it was calling to say somebody was yelling at me, you know? But looking back, I realized she was she was asked to leave my property and she wasn't leaving and she was banging on my door that that's trespassing. And it's harassment. But Anyways, um, so this is continuing on. My daughter's crying. I'm shaking because I'm so upset and I can't believe that somebody would say these things 
to me. Um, she also said that I should, uh, I don't deserve to live. I don't deserve to have an animal because I can't walk it because I'm too fat. Um, that uh, she's going to call the SPCA, she's going to call the city, and she's got all these um, police officers that she knows, and she's going to get them to all come. And I, I don't know, she was threatening me. I don't know what they were going to do. I don't know what my crime was. Um, but anyways, and also that she was going to call the FBI. So right when she said that part, I knew that we're not dealing with somebody that's fully uh, thinking in reality, um, you know, but that um, continued on the, the, the incessant screaming, the insults. Um, my daughter and I went to go close the curtains in the front window and she's standing there staring into her house and she just waved and gave my daughter the finger with like an awful face. So, um, we closed the curtains, we locked everything up. Um, then my partner came home from walking our dog and she just said, stay right there and was not going to allow him to come into our, our house. And he just said, um, no, I'm, I'm going inside my house. Thanks. And came inside. I told him what was going on. Um, she came, but she left for a few minutes and came back again. This time Matt opened the door and talked to her. And I guess this was going on for probably about 40 minutes, 45 minutes. Um, and basically she, she had now a vape pen in her hand and she was smoking it and she was whispering and she seemed totally subdued and so totally different. And she was basically asking Matt if she could have our dog, if, if, um, she could have him because she, she could take care of him. This is after she'd threatened that her dogs, she has, I think two or three, um, Rottweilers, there's a pit bull maybe. I don't know. There's different, three different dogs. And she said that they would kill me. Um, they would kill our dog. She's saying this in, you know, in front of her baby and also in front of my nine-year-old. So, um, Matt just said, you, you have no right. You have no right to talk to Melissa that way. And we're taking care of him just fine. So thank you, but no. And kind of shut the door on her. The emergency police basically told me by the time I got through, it was like I was on the phone almost the whole time. So I think it was about 45 minutes. They said there was nothing they could do if she wasn't on our property anymore. Um, and I said, okay, I understand that. But I've been on hold the whole time. Like she was. And so they said, next time you need to call, just call 911. Um, which is fine. So um, the rest of that day, I was just incredibly shook. I, I The feeling of somebody, it's not even the words that she spoke because it, I knew like coming from her, it, it wasn't, I, I wasn't feeling like hurt by the words that she said to me. It was just the amount of anger and the amount of rage that I saw in her eyes, in, in her, her body language, and just this imposing um, energy, invasive energy. And, you know, I, I can't, I wish I could say that I was totally spiritual, and that I, you know, blessed her and said, God bless you. I, 
when the shock wore off, I did tell her, I said that I would rather be fat. I'd rather be fat. I'd rather be as horrible as she says I am than be ugly on the inside. And, you know, I, I, it's true. I do feel that way, but, um, you know, I just, I, I was, I was so angry that she was saying these things in front of my daughter, who's impressionable, who, you know, is, is, is watching and is, you know, feeling scared and feeling afraid. Um, I was, I was shocked that she would sink to that level, um, in front of, both of our kids, I just felt that that was just absolutely disgusting behavior. I was horrified. Um, you know, and I just, I, I share this with you guys, not for, I don't want you guys feeling sorry or like thinking that like, Oh, Melissa, you're wonderful. It's not, I, I don't need people to, to feel that way. I just want people to know that just because you're on a spiritual path, it does not mean that you're not going to sometimes have very human reactions and very human moments. You know, I had some time to reflect since then, and I I definitely have a different take on things. But in those moments, I was very angry. I was very angry. I was, um, I was horrified. I was completely disappointed in humanity. Like I just, I, I went through a whole bunch of emotions over this. Um, you know, and my mom was saying to me, you know, don't let her dictate whether you stay or you go from your own home. You know, you have every right to be there. And she's right. And I agree with her. But um, we basically had to make this decision. Do we stay living um, in close proximity to someone that we're going to need to get a restraining order for? Because that's literally what we would have had to do. The the amount of chaotic energy that she brought, um, the things that she was threatening, the things that she said, and I won't go into every single detail with that. It's just, just know that it was some of the most vile things I've ever heard. And I've been in some pretty um, abusive situations before in my life. And this was, this was the most fearful I can say I've ever been like I, I felt, and of course I'm feeling this intuitively too. I felt that I, we weren't safe and I'm not an overly dramatic person. Uh, it takes a lot for me to, I would say react in that way, but I just felt it and I knew it. So, um, the thing is I, we did make the decision to, uh, move and we found a place that happened really quickly and really easily without any kind of hiccups. And I really feel that was spirit putting this other place in front of us, you know, putting it there for us um, to take. So, you know, I, I would say that all of that is very much, you know, a blessing that we were able to do that. But the thing is, I went and I taught my uh, intuitive development class and I had them sitting in trance and as they were sitting in trance I I can't help but kind of get into that state myself and I was receiving some guidance from spirit and I had been asking why like why is this situation happening why am I encountering such hateful spiteful energy when I really felt that it wasn't warranted I felt I didn't deserve it at all 
Um, I may not be a perfect person, but I certainly try to be as caring, as loving, as understanding, as giving as I can be. You know, every day that is something that I do focus on. So I was feeling pretty out of sorts. I was feeling really, I guess, sort of at odds with the world. Like, what is this about? Like, why am I encountering this? And the guidance that I was given was that it's important for me to recognize that this woman is actually a literal physical representation of all of the hateful, spiteful, really negative things that I have done or said to myself over the years. And it comes down to recognizing that it's true. Now, logically, I know that I'm a nice person. I'm a good person. I'm a beautiful person. Um, I know that. But on an energetic level, somewhere along the lines, I stop believing in my own beauty. And it comes from um, feeling overwhelmed by all the weight that I now have gained over the last probably six years. Um, you know, and I think that it's it's built up. You know, it's something, it's the one thing in my life that I feel I haven't been successful in conquering. You know, I've, everything else that I've put my heart and soul into, I've made it happen. You know, it's it's like the one thing that for whatever reason, it is so much more difficult for me. And I know how to eat properly. I know that I need to exercise. And I know that all of these things, step by step that I could do to lose the weight and, you know, all of these things, but it's so much deeper. And it's so much more complicated. So I guess what I take away from it is that this woman was basically showing me, she was reflecting some really nasty part inside of myself that is so mean, so mean to myself. I'm not mean to others. I have the utmost compassion for people who struggle with addiction, people who struggle with um, any kind of addiction, you know, but yet when it comes to myself in this weight, I, I can't cut myself some slack ever, you know, so every day it's a battle. And, you know, it's it's a difficult thing because I feel that I, I can help other people with it. I have helped, helped other people with it. Um, it's not something that I've had a lifelong struggle with. It's really over the past, like I said, six years. So basically pretty much since I started doing this work. And I will not ever blame this work for me and my weight gain that has, it's not to do with it. It's, it's more to do with energetically um, sh shifting in a big way. I think um, going through pretty traumatic breakup of a marriage that, you know, throughout the last few years of it was very challenging emotionally was very draining was very exhausting um so you know I, I think there's many reasons um also you know being a bit of a workaholic but to be fair I've had to um I've had to be that way because in my previous situation my ex was injured and was not working for years so I had to I had to be working 
the rate that I was at. Um, I had kids to take care of. And also, it was a way for me to, in some ways, I don't want to say escape, but it was a way to not be feeling weighed down by all of the strain and the stress in my day-to-day life when it came to my relationship and, and what was happening there. So my work was this beautiful outlet. It was like a saving grace. It was a place where I could go and I felt good. You know, it felt good to be of service. It felt good to be in the energy of spirit. You know, that's where that's where I feel I blossom. That's where I feel like I'm my, most myself. So there's a variety of factors of why I, you know, gained all this weight. I, I think also there's a lot of emotional stuff the wounds come to the surface especially when you're working intuitively and you're looking at yourself and all of the self-reflection that goes into working with spirit and developing your mediumship um so there was a lot of past wounds that had come to the surface for healing and perhaps because it happened really quickly uh i started to basically use food as a way to numb myself now It's strange because it's not really like that anymore. I wouldn't say that I lean on food. It's like now just it's gotten to this point and it's like, now how do I, how do I go? How do I kind of change this um, mindset to, to be in a weight loss mode? And it's tricky because anytime I've tried Weight Watchers or any kind of other meal plan, it works for a bit for me. But any kind of restriction and when it's rigid at all, um, I tend to rebel. I I really feel like I don't don't deal well with being told what to do and how. Um, I'm one of those people that really needs to figure things out for themselves. Um, And so I do struggle with it. I also feel, you know, at times that is there part of me that holds on to it you know is there part of me that's afraid to lose the weight because then you know it's it's like a protection thing and I do believe in it I don't think I don't think it's a coincidence that many people who have been um especially gone through sexual abuse um that they do sometimes struggle with weight for that purpose because it's like if you can make yourself quote unquote, undesirable. And it's not like you're thinking this to yourself as you're doing it. But subconsciously somewhere, you know, you're, if you make yourself undesirable, then, you know, the chances of that happening to you are are less. That's like the mindset, I think, sometimes. And I could see that for myself, you know, I'm not, I'm not aware of it as I'm doing it. But perhaps that's part of it, too. But the, the point, what I'm trying to get at is that I think, you can't avoid nasty people in life. There's going to be people who are going to act out, you know, and who knows? Who knows what's going on in that woman's life? Who knows what issues she has? Um, I can honestly look back now and say, like, I'm not, I'm not hurt by her. Um, I was offended and I was taken aback. But I was able to look inside myself and think, what can I take from this? Is there something that I can learn? Is there something that I can take from this nasty situation? And that's what I've taken is that it starts with me. You know, if, if I don't want to be um, 
I don't want to be hurt in the, or I couldn't be hurt. I couldn't be hurt in that way if I didn't somehow, in some way, believe part of what she was saying. So the thing in it, that's to do with the weight. I mean, I know that I'm a good um, dog parent and all those things, but um, the stuff about my weight and maybe feeling at times, you know, worthless because of it. Um, you know, I can't, I couldn't be hurt by it if I, if I didn't believe it. So um, therein lies the work to start to really look at my beliefs about myself. And I, I hope that you guys will too. I think that um, I can only be of value and of service to you guys if I will, you know, do the same for myself. And I, I try to be as aware of my actions and as aware of myself as I can look at the shadow side of myself as well. Not just the things that are, you know, beautiful, but also the things that are difficult, you know, and, and really take responsibility and accountability. So, um, that's how I dealt with it. And I think that's what gave me some peace around it because it's the kind of thing that it's not necessarily even what she said it was the energy. It was so angry and it was so nasty. And that energy can stick to you. It can stick to you like glue for days, for weeks, for months. And so I did a good cleansing. I had a good shower. I used my sea salt um, bath scrub. I prayed on it. I basically surrendered the pain to God. I just said, I don't know what to do with this. Can you please take this and, um, and help me? Um, I won't say that the move was not stressful. It was extremely stressful to feel like we had to pack up our whole life within the matter of a few days. We moved on the hottest day of the year. Um, I got heat stroke from it. Um, luckily we had Matt's brother help us and he was amazing and we were able to get ourselves situated in the new place. I'm still organizing and there's still tons of laundry to be done and I've been trying to work at the same time. Um, my part, Matt's been working at the same time. So it's a, it's been stressful. There's been times when we've really just looked at each other and felt like this is so hard. Like this is just everything is chaos, you know, and there's times when, you know, the kids have been anxious and Avery, my daughter, her, um, cat at her dad's house got hit by a car and passed away the day that we moved. So that was extremely traumatic for her. She's been through so much this past while this summer. And so, you know, it's, it's not been an easy time. It's just, everything has been up in the air. Everything has been difficult. Um, as far as like the changes that we've made and now considering, you know, what's going to happen in September for the kids for school, my son is in high school and he's looking forward to going back. I think two days a week is what they're doing for in-class learning for him. And then with Avery, we're making the really tough call, tough decision. But I think that she's going to be at home um, for her grade four year just because she has uh, asthma and I've got asthma and diabetes. And we're just not super confident in um, the younger kid's ability to be socially distant and to you know keep apart. So 
you know, there's tons of change. And I guess the biggest takeaway that I I could give you guys for this time, if you're going through anything similar, you know, it doesn't have to be that you've got somebody on your street who's harassing you. um, But it could be that you're experiencing emotional turmoil. There could be changes, there could be a loss, there could be death, you could be grieving, lost income because of COVID, um, anxiety in your children because of the times that we're living in. The biggest thing that gave me peace was just being open to spirit and, and just allowing them to give me some comfort. Once I heard that this was the reason, like I could look at this woman and see her as a representation of something I needed to heal within myself, the anger, the frustration, the, the fear that I felt dissipated and I began to reclaim my power. And so I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know how um, I'm going to um, proceed, but I do know that my health is at the top of my list. You know, my, my health needs to be a priority. I've got diagnosed with diabetes. There's fatty liver. Um, there's my mom had a strokes when she was quite young and I'm just turned 40. Um, so there needs to be, there's clearly needs to be huge changes, and I'm, I'm working with my partner to come up with a plan. You know, he's someone who is super supportive of me, wants to see me happy, loves me exactly the way I am, but definitely knows that there's something within me that wants more for myself. And I do. You know, I, I can't say that I'm happy at the weight that I'm at. It's something that is difficult for me every day. Um, I feel sometimes like I can't keep up with my life. And I think that has a lot to do with feeling unhealthy and feeling overweight and just not having the energy sometimes that I need to um, do the things that I want to do. Um, So I want to set also a good example for my kids. I want them to see that I can overcome this difficult challenge. You know, I've overcome all kinds of things in my life. This is the one thing that it's like, no matter what I try, no matter what I do, no matter what I say, for some reason... I always fail. So it is going to be something that continues on. It's going to be progress forward. And I'm going to, you know, I'm going to be looking at changes there and what I can do. Um, I have worked with um, my lovely friend, Ashley, who's been on the podcast. um, And we worked with some hypnotherapy and that helped immensely. So I do feel, you know, the shift is already beginning. um, And this, this, recent experience was a bit of a kick in the the pants, you know, just to kind of get on track and make, make my health a priority. So I guess I would say to you guys, just because you're spiritual does not mean you can't get angry. Doesn't mean you can't be upset. It doesn't mean you can't, you know, experience pain and despair and all of those things. But you know, the, the saving grace is that if I didn't have my meditation practice, if I didn't have the friendship that I have with spirit, if I didn't have God in my life, I don't know how I would go through these things. And it's all relative. You know, some people might listen to this and think, oh, who cares? Some person who's obviously a little bit not all there uh, said some things to you that were kind of mean, like big deal. But... <laughs> For me, you know, when it's the one thing that you can't conquer and somebody goes there, that's a deep wound. 
is a deep, tender wound. And I also think, you know, as my teacher Tony would say, the price we pay for our increasing sensitivity is our increasing sensitivity. So I, it's not words that hurt me. It's the intent behind them. And it's the energy behind them that can cut really, really deep. And I know many of you listening can understand that. I've left out some pieces of this story, some things some that are just, it's, it's so personal and it's so um, nasty. So um, like I said, I, I'm trying to keep this person's anonymity as well because I do not want anybody hating on her, okay? Um, it's an illustration. It's this experience this experience has been sort of like a teachable moment that I felt like I could share with you guys. Not saying I handled it perfectly by any means. I mean, I think we're just doing the best that we can. So if you're going through some shit (laughs) right now, I would say just know that you're not alone in it and that um, really just begin to lean on the people that are there for you, you know? And so for me, it's like, it made me super grateful for my little family, my kids, my partner, the three of them, you know, and I want to say especially a huge shout out to my son who I know he subscribed to this podcast. I don't know if he actually listens, um, but if he is listening, uh, he's been, he's been phenomenal. And, you know, such a support to me, just, he says that I, I'm, you know, I support him, but he supports me too. So just want to say thanks to my, my son there, but, um, you know, maybe very grateful for that. It also showed me, you know, these, these people, the students that I have in my life, in my classes, they become family. We really do go through life's ups and downs together. And I just feel really blessed that, They've all been so supportive and so kind and so um, protective, actually, of me. So it, it's it's a beautiful thing to see the people in your life that that are really truly there for you. And so I'm I'm grateful grateful for all those people. So on to the next chapter, onward and upward. I mean, we're just gonna start a brand new a brand new life really so I hope you guys will continue to listen I hope that this episode is helpful I mean it just feels like I'm just sort of telling you guys all of my personal life but um hopefully it's it's there's things in there that will inspire you or help you to kind of think um, of things in a different perspective a different way um, send you guys tons of love tons of light just enjoy the last bit of your summertime wherever you are and continue to listen um, feel free to join the spirit room podcast group on facebook if you'd like to chat a little bit further there i'm responsive and i will answer questions um, and if you guys have stories that you want to share with me um I was thinking of compiling a bunch of um, a bunch of stories from listeners that I could um, chat about your experiences with spirit, your experiences with miracles, your experience with answered prayers, synchronicities, um, if you've experienced Jesus, Mother Mary, um, any of these things. I'd love to hear about all of those stories or any kind of um, spirit activity in your home, um, anything that's been 
kind of interesting that you'd like to share, I could share them on the show. So email me, um, info at melissawhitesacredsoul.com, or you can send me a direct message on Instagram or Facebook. All right, so sending you guys off with lots of love. Take good care, and I'll talk to you guys soon.